Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to Real Nerds. I'm Ryan. To my left is... James. I'm to your left this time. You this are to weird. my left. Uh, he's the amazing James. This week's episode of Real Nerds is brought to you by Birdman Barbecue. You can pick up your Birdman Barbecue at any Denver area Ace Hardware's. So do it. It's the sauce, baby. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. Is this a real thing? Yeah. What? I've never... Wait, so there's barbecue at an Ace Hardware? Yeah. Uh, Joe... Our friend Joe, yeah. his uh, father-in-law bottles Birdman barbecue sauce, and wow. they sell it at Ace Hardware stores now. Oh, man. That's so, a good Ace. Yeah, you should. It's delicious. They're spicy. It's out of control awesome. Well, you, as you just saw, my dad is cooking some uh, yeah. some pulled pork, so we might have to go get some you barbecue should. sauce. It's at any Ace Hardware. Cool. I, I'm not sure how far in the Denver metro area, but I know they're in Lakewood for sure. Oh, okay. Um, if you have to go down there. If not, I can pick you up some. But yeah, it's brought to us by Birdman barbecue. Is it actually? Like, should I be getting like some... You know, for free, we we should ask them for for free. Oh, okay, yeah, there was that, yeah, we know, should, like, hey, like dude, twenty we're, bucks. We're 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 hawking your barbecue sauce. Yeah, where's, I mean, I don't need a lot of barbecue sauce. They just want to give me for like twenty bucks. Where's where's our uh, promotion? Where's our where's our samples? Um, this week we saw Drive with Ryan Gosling. Mm-hmm. More on that later. Much uh, more. Well, spoilers better than con- for, than Creature. Just oh uh, yeah, better than I mean, Creature. Surprisingly, yeah, surprisingly, and I'm shocked. Yeah, that it was a high bar that it beat Creature in quality. Yeah. And I, I guarantee, because there were, like, at least four people in our audience, it'll also beat it in box office this weekend. <laughs> I was actually surprised how many people were there. Yeah. And I was really worried tonight, because... Uh, tonight, you mean, not yeah, Creature. Yeah, tonight uh, at Drive. I was worried because the audience wasn't very cool at the beginning. And I'm, I was thinking... The audience wasn't very cool just in life. Yeah. In their lives, they're not cool people. Yeah, and I was like, oh, is this going to be like this? And what an unusual movie yeah. for there to be a problem in. Because yeah. it doesn't really appeal to that kind of audience. Yeah. But anyways, more on that later. But we'll get right now into some real news. Sure. Hey, welcome back. What a sweet 1950s sound thing we (laughs) have off of in public domain. (laughs) (laughs) What would you call that? Um, Anyways, I will start... uh, as you know, I'm a huge fan of Spartacus, the TV show. Yeah. And I was really sad to find out that Andy Whitfield died on Sunday yeah. of cancer. And I, I mean, I, I, I heard rumblings that he wasn't doing that well. Well, I mean, that's why he quit the show. In the well, first why place. he quit the show originally. Um, and it also brings me to, you know, it's... I was reading that that's why they shot the prequel, which is called Gods of the Arena. Mm-hmm. And he got better. And he was getting geared up to shoot the show, and then all of a sudden it came back really bad. Yeah. And he had to bow out, and he's he told them he said, "Yeah, sorry, there's no way I can continue the show." Yeah. And yeah, they were they were getting ready to film an actual like sequel season. Yeah. And now are having to recast because they were far enough along that they can't just try and continue yeah. the prequel. And I was reading an interview with Sam Raimi, and he said that the only way they were gonna make a new season as if Andy said it was okay. And Andy not only said it was okay, that after they cast Liam McIntyre, who took over for him... Is he also Australian? He is. Weird. Uh, he called... Uh, Andy called him and said, hey, good luck, you're gonna do great in this show. Oh. So a class act all the way through, and that yeah. he passed away is really sad. Especially yeah, at 39. And, uh, you know, the thing that always breaks my heart is when you read uh, the statement released by his wife... And it said he was a great person and even a better father. Mm. And he has two little girls. And, you know, that sucks. Yeah. 
And anytime you read that, it sucks. And also this week, or I guess it was last week, Cliff Robertson, the guy who played Uncle Ben, died. Yeah. yeah. And But he's also in a, a lot of Sam Raimi movies that people might not know. He's in The Gift. Uh, he's in really? A Simple Plan. Yeah, he plays little bit parts in almost every Sam Raimi movie after the fact. Uh, huh. Uh, when Sam Raimi became popular. Uh, but he also won an Oscar for Charlie. And he also played JFK and PT-109. So he had a, quite a distinguished career. And he passed away of natural causes uh, yeah. this week. So it's kind of a sad week because I really like these actors. And if you've seen Spartacus, if you haven't seen Spartacus, you should. Because um, he is... I'm not just saying that because he's passed away, but I've been saying it for a while. He's a really good actor in that show. And he has such a presence on it that it makes the show amazing. Uh, I, I can point to a scene... Have you seen the show? No, I still haven't watched it. Uh, well, this is going to be spoilers. That's uh, fine. He's he's captured by the Romans because he betrays them. He's originally a soldier, that, basically a mercenary hired by the Romans to fight in a battle. Yeah. And when they decide they're going to burn children, he wants no part of it. So him and his uh, rest of his guys just run away. They basically abandon. And then they catch up to him and take him away from his wife. They sell him to a gladiator training thing. And his wife gets sold to a Syrian, I believe. And... Uh, Batiatis is the guy who John Hanna plays and he's this really conniving uh, gladiator trainer and he says you know what I'll use all my money if you fight for me I'll use all my money to find your wife and uh, so he finds her and once he finds her he still has to pay back the debt so he lives in this thing but when she shows up she's almost dead and so the whole thing is uh he had her killed. So, because now he has nothing to fight oh. for. And, I mean, it's like the third episode, so it's yeah. not really. No, no, no. So, so I, that wasn't a. Or yeah. huge more. Oh, there's tons more going on. But but in that scene when he sees his wife fall out and she's her uh, she's all stabbed in, through the chest and really powerful. And he also has a friend die. That's more shocking. I won't ruin that. But his friend dies in it, too. And it's. Does he have more than one friend? Yes. Okay, good. Then that's not a spoiler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, he plays those parts so well. Um, I love actors that can play moments when the camera's just on them with no words. Yeah. And it's just their face. So <laughs> two people I'm really going to miss. <laughs> we'll talk about that later, too. Uh, but two people I'm really going to miss. And yeah. it's a shame that Andy Whitfield couldn't do any more because that was really his first big break. Yeah. And, of course, it's just sad reading about it. And yeah. it, I just like... I liked both of those guys, so... It's the, a, there is a little bit of a, like you know obviously I'm sad that the guy who played Uncle Ben is dead but at the same time I'm, it makes me more okay with the fact that uh, Martin Sheen is playing Uncle Ben in the new movie yeah because I I hated that because he was such a good Uncle Ben oh he was amazing to cast Martin Sheen like this high profile guy as Uncle Ben I was like come on yeah uh, actually now, my favorite moment of any Uncle Ben moment in Spider Man might be one of my favorite scenes in Spider Man trilogy period is in the second uh, uh, spider-man is when peter's having a conversation with his uncle ben in the car and he's telling him it's okay to let go yeah and it's and both those and people you know will always knock toby wire but th that scene is really good yeah and um even in the first one when he drops peter off to the library but peter's gonna go wrestle that moment where peter tells him you know don't tell me how to live my life and you just see the hurt on his face but he's still uh great uh, he moments. was amazing yeah great I mean, moments there there are three things that 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 
above everything else that those Spider-Man movies did perfectly, and they're Aunt May, Uncle Ben, and J. Jonah Jameson. Yep. Like, those three characters are the three things that I hate that they have to recast for this reboot. Yeah. Like, especially J.J. But he's J.K. not in Simmons it. I read it. He wasn't in it. Good, because if they cast somebody else and J.K. Simmons is still alive, <laughs> it would be almost unforgivable to me. Like, that, that character is J.K. Simmons. Yeah. So... And it, yeah, I, I've said this before. I'm really worried that they said they might not kill Uncle Ben in the new one, and that's just not yeah, right. that's gonna be yeah. So and hopefully I, they don't. Based on the trailers, that's exactly what I'm afraid of. Yeah, because like, it seems like he plays a bigger part, which mm-hmm. is fine if he plays a bigger part, like Ultimate Spider-Man. In Ultimate Spider-Man, he doesn't die until I think the fifth issue. So is, is he already Spider-Man at that point? Uh well, yeah, he's wrestling and stuff, and he becomes Spider-Man, and then Uncle Ben hangs around for a few more issues, and then he makes a mistake. Huh. So they make the character of Uncle Ben a little more substantial. Yeah. Which is fine. If they do that, that's fine. You know. Um, but I can't see how they could do that and have it still... Like, he's got to be in the Spider-Man suit. So yeah. he's got to be Spider-Man. So Uncle Ben has to die or they write some new weird story. Yeah, where... I hope not. That's my biggest fear of it. Other than that, the movie looks cool. But hey, yeah. what do you have for me, James? Uh, oh, I, yeah, sorry, yeah, I talked yeah, a little bit on. about... No, it's fine. Things uh, that made me sad. Yeah. No, it's, it's a shame. Um... Not in any order. Uh, speaking of things that make you sad, uh, Ash is not going to be in the new Evil Dead movie. Uh, I'm actually okay with it, and I'll tell you why. Because there's only one Ash, and that one Ash is Bruce Campbell. And I hope that Bruce Campbell has a cameo in it as Ash. And uh, He pretty much straight up said, like, Ash isn't going to be in it. Yeah. yeah. I, um, so if it is, it's, as a, it's a, as a surprise. Yeah, so because, you know, I think actually the end of, well, the reshot ending of Army of Darkness... Yeah, is uh, I think it would be cool to have in the new Evil Dead, where maybe at the end the kids get away and some monster comes up and Ash, you know, fights it and kills it and yeah. does something goofy at the end. I think it would be amazing, and I guarantee you, if that happens, people will be cheering in that audience yeah. because it's been ninety two, I believe, is when Army of Darkness came out. So it's been really? that twenty years. No way. Yeah, I didn't know it was that old. Yeah, twenty years since there's been an Ash siding in anything right so i think it's something to people gear up and i'm actually i'm okay with it because they would cast probably some punk kid to be him like that taylor oh, yeah. lautner guy would be ash and channing just, tatum channing tatum you're just like come on it's just not gonna work or vin diesel <laughs> <laughs> no someone uh, who can't deliver one-liner delivering one ashes one-liners i worded that like i thought you were gonna be sad about it but i'm the same way yeah, yeah i'm i'm glad that they're not gonna touch that character and i also think that them saying ash will not be in this movie is so that they can have ash in the movie yeah uh, and have it something. be a surprise and something yeah. fun because um, you know you just because what, what else is he doing like yeah. really burn notice is gonna be in the way no no He's got. He has to be in that movie somewhere. No, oh, he will be. And he, even if he's just like the voiceover for the end of the movie, <laughs> yeah, like, be and then all the boys either died or lived. Like yeah. you know, he'll be in there somewhere. Because you know, I love Bruce Campbell, and there's just some things you can't touch. And he's one of the characters, Ash, where it's not going to sound right. And actually, one of my biggest pet peeves is now that we're on the subject is I have Army of Darkness comic books because I'm a fan of Army of Darkness. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest misconceptions of the character of Ash is that he's a smart aleck all the time. No. Which he is. He's a smart aleck. But if you actually watch the movies, he's not really that way until he's forced to be. I mean, the rest of the time, he's actually a coward. 
you know, he runs away from things and right. he's not going to fight him. And if you really want to see the real version of Ash in Army of Darkness, watch the director's cut, which is 20 minutes longer. <laughs> it's a lot different. Yeah. And it, he's, um, you know, especially the last scene, the the battle at the end is edited way differently mm-hmm. because he, he hightails it for like 10 minutes because he's afraid. Yeah. And, you know, that's the part of where they don't uh, really, they really don't say anything about that. And I think, Yeah. And I think that's so in the comic books and a lot of times someone who's not Sam Raimi writing the character or Bruce Campbell performing it is they will say, oh, he's going to say something funny here. He's yeah. going to say something funny. He's so wise. He's a wise ass. And he's not always that way. Right. And I think that's a tribute to Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell as a performer and as a writer that they get it better than someone else. And that's why it, when it's in lesser hands. I'm talking to the Dynamite Entertainment comic books. <laughs> that it's not as good, and I, I, don't, I don't know if you've read them, but I hope you would concur mm, with me that no. you know the character is, I think, sometimes misinterpreted. Yeah, no, I, I would expect, and I, I would be able to watch that brilliant director's cut if some heartless piece of shit hadn't stolen my, uh, my Boomstick edition. Really? Yeah. Isn't it right there? No, no, that case is empty. Oh, There's nothing. There's nothing in this shitty. is a yeah this is an empty boomstick edition that is a limited edition I don't DVD. Know, I, yeah I know you can't get this DVD anymore um, but someday I will buy a Blu-ray and stick it in this case because yeah and oh. hey Universal if you're listening or Anchor Bay Darkness on Blu-ray that's not shit oh that's that right Screwhead edition has yeah. the Deadites tra- uh, ten minute like EPK yeah. from 1992 release a real one yeah. That's the one thing about those movies because they're so cult and everybody buys them is they release thousands of versions of them. Right, but there's only one really, really good version, and, and it's, it's the, the Boomstick edition. edition, and it's a collector's item. So if you find it, you got to use DVD place, and they have it for like five bucks. Make sure you pick it up. Yeah, and send it to me, and send it to James Hart. Words. Speaking of cameos and movies, dude, Chuck Norris is going to be in Expendables too. I know, I saw that. Ah, ah. Have I ever told you I was a really big um, uh, Walker, Texas Ranger fan when I was little? No. Is this before it's cool to like Chuck Norris to be tough? Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. When uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, you know, the show where, like, he, 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 like, I mean, it was basically like a crappy cop show, only they would kickbox at the end. Yeah, actually, my favorite thing. No one, no one thought that show was cool except for me. One of my favorite things that ever happened with Walker, Texas Ranger is when NBC and Universal merged. Um, this is years, six, seven years ago and on Late Night with Conan O'Brien. He had next to his oh. desk a lever that he would pull and just put in a random mm-hmm. Walker, Texas Ranger clip, and it was hilarious They, they were every never time. good. Uh, Haley Joel Osment has that, that wonderful clip of him saying, uh, Walker told me I have AIDS. <laughs> you know, it was just the sh- the show is crazy. At one point, there was like a magical Asian kid, and then there was there were a series of episodes with aliens in it, which I hated. Really? Because, well, yeah. Well, you mean really because really that I hated them because I oh no, really that's in the show. Oh, okay, I was gonna say because I'm terrified of ET. Like, yeah, yeah. No, there was some weird like wow. You know, he was fighting bad guys because they were everybody was fighting over, and then it turned out that it was there was an alien, and I don't know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. Yeah, that's why that show got canceled. You know, Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. is like a western with sci-fi. Have you ever seen it? No, with that's Bruce the Campbell. Bruce Campbell one. I should let you borrow the DVD set. Those are hard to find, too. Yeah, the, I was going to say, that's why I've never seen the it. The episodes are freaking hilarious, though, because Bruce Campbell's the man. Like, he has the ability to ham it up where it's awesome. Like, I love his Jack of All Trades show, too, <laughs> where he's, uh, he's an American revolutionary vet who's in the Caribbean, and he fights 
uh, French guys, and Napoleon is played by Vern Toyer, the <laughs> mini me guy. It's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, they're making a Point Break remake. Really? Yeah. Is it going to have Keanu Reeves say lines like this? I am in the FBI. <laughs> See, that right there is why I love Point Break. Another movie that someone else has that I don't have anymore. That, that hmm. case of Point Break you see so is, is Brick, also Brick uh, and Rain of Fire and Rain are of Fire. also missing. So that's your um, missing area on your yeah, DVD these Yeah, those four cases are the ones that when I put my DVDs back in their cases and put them up on the shelf, they I couldn't find them in my case anywhere. That sucks, um, dude. Yup. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the Point Break I got for five bucks at Walmart yeah, whatever. like a year ago. And Rain of Fire is and like one of those stupid that movies that's really cool. Yeah, you oh, know? I love Rain of Fire. Yeah, because it's it's I'll, different. I'll buy it again. It's different, you know. Uh, and Brick, I I know who has Brick, but I'm not entirely sure. I know who, I know one of two people have Brick, but I don't. Anyway, uh, and that's another movie I'd be I'd be proud to buy again. Hmm. Uh, I actually I sent a tweet to Ryan Johnson like, Hey, when's there gonna be a Brick Blu-ray? Because someone stole mine, but he didn't he didn't tweet back. What? I know. Uh, yeah, Point Break is one of those movies, kind of like Footloose, where it's going to come out, and I'm not going to go see it, because it's not going to offer anything yeah. that the original movie doesn't offer. What is the point of remaking it? Yeah, I mean, there are, there are old movies I can see remaking. There's a movie I'm going to talk about in my What We've Been Watching that I actually think should be remade, which people will think is, is blasphemy, but... <laughs> um, uh, but not Point Break. Yeah, you I mean, that movie's not even 30 years old. And it's, what's the point? Like Catherine what, Bigelow, who made that movie, just won an Oscar two years ago. Yeah, what's the point of remaking it? What else could they possibly tell from that story? Yeah. Are they going to put them in, like, George Bush masks instead of Richard Nixon? To yeah, I don't know. Make it more poignant? Uh, it's not going to have Tank Girl in it. I know mm-hmm. that. Uh, it's not going to have Swayze in it. Obviously. Unfortunately. Uh, it's not going to have Keanu Reeves in it. Again, unfortunately. Uh... It's probably not going to have a lot of surfing in it. I'm Very just, unfortunately. Yeah. I How's mean, he going to really? die at the end, then? Spoilers. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. That, <laughs> the, it'll, it'll be horrible. Or it'll be exactly the same. It'll either be a shit movie or the same movie, but not as good. So why would I say yeah. it? Uh, speaking of which, Footloose. I mean, I love the, the original Footloose. Why? It's the same movie, but with modern kids doing modern dancing. Hmm. Makes no sense. Uh, they're going to make a channel... That only shows The Simpsons. Really? You have, oh, good. You haven't heard about this one yet. No. Yeah. Fox wants to make more money on The Simpsons, so they're talking about creating a channel, like a cable channel, that shows nothing but The Simpsons 24-7. Wow. I... I mean, there's not really you can say. It's... No. Yeah, I don't know... It's crazy, because it's something like that's never been done before. There mm-hmm. is no channel that only shows one show uh i mean i guess because i mean i have the dvd well actually i skip seasons of dvds because some seasons i really like and other ones i can't stand yeah uh, eventually uh, in that show it just sort of yeah like, like i was telling you today i was watching since season 13 yeah and I, it's like one episode's really good and then it has four or five it's just retreading and it's kind of like they lost their way and well, seasons and one through point, nine are t- brilliant yeah i mean at a certain point that show suffers from the fact that it's been running so long yeah and has done every story it can do. The characters aren't allowed to grow, so they're not they're not allowed to get into new situations. Really, yeah. I mean they 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 do they grow a little bit over the course of the show, but the truth is, it's really more that they evolve and sort of get more into their little cubby hole. Yeah, where you know, like they they're refined more. They don't necessarily change, um, and so you can't do much with those characters anymore. 
I don't think that they're doing this because there are actually people who want to watch The Simpsons all the time. I think they're doing this because they just want to make more money, which seems like the wrong reason to do something like this. Because the truth is, at this point, I think the only people who are really itching to see The Simpsons that much already have the DVDs. Yeah. You know, that's kind of... That, Interesting. That fan base has moved on to uh, owning that show rather than watching it in syndication every day. Like, uh, I mean, I don't watch it anymore at all. Do you yeah. actually still watch the new episodes? No. Okay. Every once in a while I'll catch one. That's because yeah. I'm at work and nothing else is on TV, and we're really slow Sunday nights, and then I'll put it on the simpsons is it on sunday nights yeah did not even know that <laughs> i really i mean honestly i if you told me that the show had been canceled three years ago i would believe you <laughs> uh, well i mean other than the fact that i know it hasn't been but um all right the big news of the week though is that netflix has lost a million subscribers in the last month that's a lot of money to take a hit on. <laughs> it is it is now the article on slash film said that apparently most like 80% of those people are people who were only using DVD before but had the streaming as well and then when the price went up they canceled entirely instead of switching over to DVD only which would have cost the same price so effectively if they'd known since they weren't using streaming before they would have just gone ahead and canceled well, but, is that something that DVD. Netflix is saying or is uh, that uh, like a fact uh, I was just curious if it's like pandering to their shareholders and saying hey hey these guys just didn't pay attention to what we were offering. Um, I don't think... Uh, I can't say for sure. Uh, I can say that you know Netflix is being pretty upfront about it and apologetic about it. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that those are... That, that, that I guess that it'd is, be accurate. Then, yeah, yeah. That, that is a number that they can actually show people. Because um, they're saying, like, you know, we, we realize that we messed up and, and that we, we, we piss some people off, but we're going to try and fix this or whatever. Um, now, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to put prices back to the way they were. I think the biggest problem, the biggest mistake they made was that they raised prices a lot really quickly. Yeah. If they had raised prices for a dollar, and then five months later, raised prices for a dollar, and then raised yeah. prices for a dollar, you know, yeah, I or agree. two, then in a few in a year or so, you're making as yeah, much money as like, you are now, and nobody, nobody notices, and you don't have this big drop-off. The company I work for, we slowly raise prices where people wouldn't even notice. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and that's yeah. the, everybody just sort of knows that that happens. Yeah, like, that's you know, currency gets worth less, mm-hmm. worth less over time. Um, so we know that prices are going to go up, but uh, you just don't, you don't double people's bill in a month. Yeah, that that's sucks. that's crazy. Uh, I mean, that's that's the kind of shit that like Comcast would do. That's why <laughs> I don't have Comcast anymore. Uh, did you ever watch Party Down? We talked about this. I dinner. haven't. Okay. Well, they're making a movie, and no one will go see it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I will go see it because that show was brilliant. I mean, really, really good. Uh, I don't even. I don't think there's a DVD yet. I know one of my. No, there's not. I know one of my crushes, uh, Kristen Bell, was in a few episodes of mm-hmm. it, and Lizzie Kaplan, who is mighty fine. Just nice. you know. Anyway, um, and then the last thing I have. Uh, well. Two last things. We'll go. We'll talk about the stupid thing. They're making a source code TV show, which is actually really. I haven't even seen the source code of the movie. Yeah. Well, you should see the movie. Um, from the trailer, you you've seen the trailer, yeah. so you know the idea is like he's inside of yeah. this computer and he can go. He can relive the last eight minutes of a. Yeah. So my guess accident. is they could probably do like uh, every episode would be the new story. Yeah. Where and, they could... and it feels a lot like it'll be. Uh, do you remember a show called Seven Days? Yeah. It was on UPN. Yeah. I have a, it'll be like that. Uh, which probably means it won't be the best show ever, but it's a it's actually a pretty cool premise that 
uh, could at least warrant a few seasons of a neat sci-fi show. Or they might make it and it might just be amazing. It might be... The truth is that there's some emotional weight in that movie that if they really held true to that part of the story, uh, they could they could make yeah like a new Lost. As, wow. as far as like having some really good character stuff in that show. Um, at the same time, as a writer, I look at that show and I'm like, I, I don't know how you continue that character. Yeah, that'd be hard. You'd um, have to have him have sort of some sort of life outside the source code. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you would. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, moving on before I get myself in trouble. Um, <laughs> guess I should watch the so movie. This, you should, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm sure Brad is listening now like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, don't fuck this, oh my god. Uh... Uh, so some guys in Denver this last week pulled a weekend at Burns. Yeah, did you see yeah, this what article? What the fuck is that about? <laughs> Our hometown, yes, is sick. Uh, yeah, did you actually read the article about what happened? I did. Okay, so these guys. I'm going to tell you anyway. Yeah, go. I mean, tell because we we have a worldwide audience here. We do. We do. They're people literally in Arabia, which is not a country anymore. Listening to this <laughs> podcast, um, never was Arabia was anyway. Um, so these guys, this guy's living with his friend. This guy doesn't have a job. He's living with his friend, Jared. And he comes home. Jared is dead. All right? So he goes to his friend, I don't know, Robert. <laughs> and that name I'm making up. I think his last name is Robertson. Uh, he goes to his friend, and he's like, yo, dog, my friend is dead. Uh, do you want to, <laughs> Did like, he say, yo, dog? Yeah, because he, yeah, he did. That is great transcription. He did. He was like, yo, dog, my friend is dead. Do you want to <laughs> steal his credit card and go to the strip club? And so they did. And then they went to jail. And Because when, when they were done, they were like... They called the cops, and they were like, hey, my friend is dead in my apartment, uh, but I had a good night. And then the <laughs> cops were like, yeah, that's illegal, and they took them to jail. Did they actually physically take his corpse? Uh, I'm pretty sure they physically they, took his corpse out of the apartment. Correct me if I'm wrong on that one. Uh, oh, shit, I closed the article. Uh, I don't think so. I think they just... Shit. Sure, let's say they did. They <laughs> took his corpse out of the apartment, uh, which is insane. Um, anyway, that was the the last of the stories that I have. Uh, here we go. Here, I found the actual article. Uh, <laughs> WTF, that's a uh, way to... <laughs> two men that. reenact Weekend at Bernie's in Denver. Uh, this, is, this is brilliant radio. Um, yes, it is. All right, so the story is that Jared... Got invited Young to live. Uh, so Young is the guy that didn't die. But Jarrett died. So Jarrett dies. And instead of calling 911, yeah, yeah, yeah. They put he went the to Robinson's his SUV. Yeah. That, okay, like, they literally right. took the corpse out of the apartment. Uh, they went to the bar and they drank on Jarrett's tab. And then while his body was in the back seat of the trunk. And then at some point, they brought Jared's body back to the apartment, took his ATM card, got some Mexican food, <laughs> probably at a Qdoba, and then they drove and they got uh, $400 out of an ATM and went to the strip club. And then when they were done getting titties in their face, So they my guess is the they cops. probably got uh, a felony for desecration of a corpse. Uh, yeah, actually it says right here, uh, yeah, that's what it says. I, I can't find it because I don't know how to read because I'm dyslexic. But, uh, yeah, yeah, they didn't. The desecration a, of a corpse what is a, exactly what it was. What a bunch of punks, man. It's insane. And they're like grown up people, I yeah. think. I mean, they were like 27 or something. Yeah, like it's that. grown up. Yeah. Unbelievable. They can rent a car, so obviously they can steal a corpse. And uh, the, mo- the truth is, the most bizarre thing about the whole situation to me is I didn't know anyone really liked that movie that much. <laughs> I thought that movie was a joke. So. 
Uh, anyway. The guy who plays Bernie in that is Dr. Cruz in Friday the 13th Part 7, and he gets his uh, insides grinded out by Jason's uh, weed whacker. First of all, uh, I hate that you know the name of a character who gets their insides grinded out by a weed whacker in Friday the 13th Part 7. Uh, the new blood. But it, I'm slightly impressed. Yeah. Yep. Do you know that guy's name, Bernie? Uh, it is fudge if i think about it i'll remember it still i don't think we can be friends anymore that was so in- that was insane all right <laughs> so that was all of news that's the end yeah of news. that was uh you got my evil dead thing and yeah yeah i'm getting pretty good at reading all of the things that i read on the week yep you are it's like that's like your job oh <laughs> uh, yeah i know you have a job i, I take it very seriously on, on, on the podcast and yeah. that's informing us because i read it all but i know that you write it down so I don't take the time to write down. And I check your notes before. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's what I was going to talk about. That's what I was going to talk about. So yeah. we're in the same boat. <laughs> I'm going to start. I, I need to start trimming some of them more since there are things that we don't really need to talk about, especially since there are things that we'll talk about later. But, but uh, it's fun. Yeah. It's okay. Hey, there's no rules in this podcast, James. There, I think there are, there are like firm rules. Didn't, when we started the podcast, didn't we like... We did. We had a, we had a mission statement. A, a series of... a mission statement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, well, what have you been not, watching? Not, right? not quite as thick as Jerry Maguire's. Um, <laughs> what I've been watching this week, I watched Spartacus: Gods of the Arena, which just came out on Blu-ray, and that show. Had you not seen that season before? No, I oh, haven't. Okay. Uh, is it the first season of the prequel? It's the or first the season is Blood and Sand, and then the prequel right. is Gods of the Arena. Oh, okay. So yeah, so it's, it's the only season of the prequel. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's uh, it's pretty fascinating. I felt like that should have been on longer than that. So yeah, it's only six episodes. Which is a bummer because well, Stars doesn't have a lot of money. Yeah, John Hanna is amazing as uh, Body Otis in it, mm. and Lucy Lawless is really good as a, his wife, who's really good at taking her clothes off. Taking her clothes off and huge political stuff going on in that show. Oh, that, okay. Um, I didn't know there were actually like, I didn't know that any of the people who got naked actually had characters. Oh yeah. To them. Oh yeah. They I all just assumed it was just a lot of nudity. It is a lot of nudity, but they all are in it, and they it's all like kind of late night Cinemax. Yeah, but way better made and tons of gore. No, oh, I, I, I keep meaning to watch it. I just haven't downloaded it yet. I mean, uh, rented it legally. <laughs> and I guess the big thing that I watched is I rewatched X Men First Class, and, oh. and and I watched Thor too. Uh, I watched Thor too, and so it's kind of reliving my favorite movies of the summer. Uh, I, Thor is my favorite Marvel movie. Really? Wow. Having seen it now a second time, that movie almost made me cry this time. Well, I have to rewatch it. I have a, I mean, rewatch it again. I, I enjoyed it, but... Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Uh, mostly because Kenneth Branagh is amazing and knows... Have you watched the special features on the disc? I haven't. Because there's a whole section that is all about the way that Kenneth Branagh pulls these amazing performances out of these actors. Even people like Anthony Hopkins, who are always good, but there's actually a an unused version of the scene when Thor banish or when Odin th- banishes Thor that they show you it's they don't, unfortunately they don't show you the actual footage they show you a guy behind them filming it uh that when when it's over they describe it as like like Anthony Hopkins did this performance and then everyone on the sidelines was bawling and just because basically Kenneth Branagh goes up to him and you know they've done like they've done it four or five times or whatever and Kenneth Branagh goes up and very quietly he's like okay now I want you to do it again but this time do it as if he has like everything he just said broke your heart and then Odin 
does that whole performance again. And there's a little bit of that in the movie. Like, Mm -hmm. that scene still has that weight to it. But yeah, uh, Kenneth Branagh is just. Not that surprised because uh, Kenneth Branagh is that huge. Shakespeare. Shakespeare, and he's an actor's director because he's he's an actor too. So I think he understands it and he understands the power of words and how they're delivered. And I'll have to watch that. That's really interesting. Yeah. Um, because you know, my favorite behind the scenes are with uh, Sam Raimi because he's goofy. And, uh, one of my favorite moments in any, um, behind the scenes is Spider-Man three. Um, the behind the scenes guy is just filming. And basically Sam Raimi is talking to Tobey Maguire about what he wants to happen in the scene. And he looks behind him and he sees that the guy's filming and he comes back and says, and if I see you mess up the scene again, I'm going to kick your ass. And it's really funny because he he's hamming it up for the camera. And it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of interesting. So yeah, I'll have to watch the special features. And But yeah, I, I X-Men, yeah, including the movie we saw tonight. Oh, sorry. Let me make it clear. When I say Thor is my favorite Marvel movie, I mean Marvel Studios. Okay. I don't mean, you know, out of all. I can't quite compare it to the Spider-Man movies yet, but I mean out of yeah. Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Captain America, yeah, that's, Thor, that's, out of those. And even that, like, out of comparing that to Iron Man 1. Yeah, it's pretty big. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, there's, you're right. The Thor has character moments, I think, are really good. Un, I think they're unmatched by other by the other Marvel movies. It's, oh. But I still got a kick out of seeing Wolverine in X-Men. Mm. And I forgot about that. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to buy that this week. So maybe next week. And the one of the amazing scenes that I loved was even still really amazing is when Magneto is he's controlling that coin and Sebastian Shaw is just sitting there and it's at the beginning or the end. The end. Oh uh, yeah. Because uh-huh. it's just it's a powerful performances and I think. What's really cool about um, comic book movies is they've really gotten away from the comic book, comic-y yeah. aspect of them. You know, the I know a lot of people love the 89 Batman. I'm not a big fan of it. Neither am I. It, you know, because they get away from, I'm Batman. You know, and it's really about the character moments that create those for characters. And that's one of them. Because it's almost like uh, Professor X and Magneto are breaking up at that point. Oh, it, it's, it's a, a powerful moment. It's a powerful and moment. And especially that movie, if you had made that movie first, it wouldn't have had the weight that that scene has. If you're somebody who has seen the, yeah. the first two X-Men movies, there's so much weight behind that scene and that relationship. And even if even if they'd made that movie first and fans came to it, they would feel the same way. Um, and you know what? I, I didn't pick up the first time I watched it and I picked up the second time is uh, Sebastian Shaw is being held there by Professor X. So Professor X is actually playing a part into his murder. Yeah. Because he knows if he lets him go, then he's going to be able to unleash this power that no one can contain. So he right. lets him die. And so it's it's a really fascinating... And I, I'm surprised I didn't notice that before. Obviously, it's clear as day now. Right. But a really awesome moment in that movie where Professor X is holding him, and he knows that this is going to be Eric's fall from grace. And and watching it again too, you know, Brad had his huge the huge thing he didn't like is he said, Well they build up that these two guys have some huge history together and then like a day later they're it's we're supposed to fill for him. But I watched it again and there's a huge time lapse yeah. in the movie that they're obviously not and, showing. And but. I don't think that it's uh I think they're like I think Xavier knows uh 
uh, Eric really well, mm-hmm. but not in a way that necessarily they've been friends for years. Exactly, like, they he, grew up together. It's more like he believes he knows you know, him. He yeah. he has this. He believes he has this potential, and he wants him to be a good person. Uh, and he and it's also it's an internal conflict on his part where mm-hmm. you know Xavier is is making certain choices. He could believe the things that Eric does, but he wants to be that better person. He wants to be sort of the the optimist of the group. Yeah. Uh, because the truth is, at a certain level, especially in that movie, you're not talking about good versus evil the way that you might be in X Men the first movie. Yeah. I you're agree. really talking about. Optimists versus pessimists, people who believe yeah. in humanity and people who and I, don't. I've always said um, this too: is they believe the Eric same thing. Eric is still a hero in that movie. Yeah, they believe the same thing. Yeah, but they believe it in a different way. And if you put yourself in Eric's shoes, he sees the bad in people. Right. And where he comes from, you know, Auschwitz and the concentration camps. Uh, Charles comes from a life of privilege. Yeah. So he thinks everybody's good, and he can correct people. So it's a that movie. I think I think it's the best X Men movie. And a lot of people will disagree with me, but I I do, and I, th- I think it's probably the best, like character wise, it's probably the best X Men yeah. movie, and probably once I see it again, I'll I'll, I'll probably agree with you. Uh, I, th- it was a movie that in theaters I had some sort of momentum issues with, but uh, that that tends to happen to me with movies like that where when I first see them, I I, I think that things don't glue together quite as well, and then when I see them again, they they yeah. work out for me. But going um, uh, back to what you watched, Thor, did you watch the Marvel short? I haven't even seen the Marvel short. Oh, yeah, yet. I saw the Marvel short. The Marvel short's awesome. Is it really? Oh, it's really cool. I mean, it's cool, like, you know, like a fun, geeky way. Because yeah. basically, um, I don't know if I should tell you this, but they're sort of tying together the post credit scenes. Okay. That's most of what it is. Like, they, uh, they, they put those post credit scenes in a different light. That's what I'll tell you. Cool. Um, and it's just neat to see Agent Coulson. Yeah. Because uh, he's, he's been in every one of the Marvel Studios movies, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a big character. Actually, he's uh, he's a bigger character than Nick Fury is. Yeah, because he's, he's in The Incredible Hulk, if I remember correctly, isn't he? Maybe he's not. Maybe that's the only one he's not in. Um... Yeah, you're right. I don't think he is. I have to rewatch it. Probably uh, because they didn't realize how much... Because, you know, that was the same year as Iron Man. Yeah. And everybody loved him in Iron Man. They probably didn't, when they were making Incredible Hulk, realize yeah, I guess that so. he was going to be as big but and But RDJ's in The Incredible Hulk, so I'll, I'll take him. I'll yeah. That. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's funny. There's an interview recently that Joss Whedon did where he said that Agent Coulson is maybe the surprise or, or the most fun that he's having writing... Um, really? the new mo- writing Avengers, because he said every time that he gets stuck, every time that he needs the characters to know something or something like that, Agent Coulson comes along. And <laughs> sort of like, you know, shows up and feeds people certain things, and he's just sort of this wild card that um, helps so that I'd movie I still think along. there's something in the Avengers that they're not telling people. Because it seems too easy that it's just Loki. There's something... Because uh, I read an interview with the actor who portrays Loki, and he doesn't die in the Avengers. Oh, I'm sure. And wow, he's, you can't kill Loki. Well, yeah. but he, You send he, him to the negative yeah, zone he's or a, he's immortal, but... <laughs> you know, he also says that um, what he does will surprise you, and it kind of bridges his arc for Thor too, which is all these movies are having a huge overlapping thing, yeah. so it, the planning is pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. Uh, I have so, a feeling, you know, there's going to be some catching the Hulk scene. That's probably where it might start, is... Them trying to, they're them fighting the Hulk and catching the Hulk, and then having Bruce Banner, uh, and then 
you know, was it Brad that said something about maybe them using the Cosmic Cube to bring back Red Skull? Yeah. I can see that. I see it too. That would be a surprise. But the truth is, I, what I would want is for them to bring in a different villain. Yeah. Then, but like, bring in somebody else. Uh, I, I think they Thanos. have to. No, I, I don't want that'd Thanos. Be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> it'd be it, that it'd, it'd be almost too big. Yeah, he's cool because he's a titan. Gotten, I think it's cool because he's a titan. And yeah, the, but they instead of doing the uh, cosmic cube, they would have done the the well infinity the, gauntlet. The infinity gauntlet was in Thor, and they it was. It. So you've hmm. yeah, it's it's not really cool. bring in Thanos. That's silly. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting that. It's cool because I'm such a nerd and I'm such a Marvel fanboy that they yeah. do all this Marvel stuff mm. because... And they're doing it well. Oh, very well. Whether whether you're, you know, if you're outside of the Marvel circle and you feel like it's all kind of schlocky or whatever, fine. Yeah. As long as the movies make money and the fans are happy, as happy as they are now, they're doing a good job. Exactly. You know? So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'll have to. Now you got me stoked to go watch the special features. I'll have to. They're really good, them. and they're not long. There's, you know, it'll yeah. it'll take you half an hour or something yeah. like that. Um, but there's some really good ones in there. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. What else you been watching? Oh, are you done? Uh, what else have I been watching? I think that's all right. It. Oh, I've I've been watching some of Community. Oh yeah. Uh, season two and the zombie episode is hilarious. Yeah. Me loving zombies and. My my favorite moment is when Troy gets bit and he's trying to get to the air conditioner, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and he passes Jeff and Jeff is on his BlackBerry still texting, and Troy is in pain. He says, "Damn Jeff, even as a zombie, you're still cool." <laughs> uh, that that episode is amazing, mostly because, uh, or not mostly because, uh, partially because, uh, what happens in that episode, as bizarre as it is has an effect on the rest of the season. There's a little thing from really? that episode. Yeah, I that that's the last episode back. I watched. I know. That's why I'm being I'm being uh, careful about how I say it. But and I love the... I want to uh, say that now, because when you watch it, you'll be like, holy... They, <laughs> they, keep, call, they keep calling back to that? Like, that's insane. Cause, uh, and I love Senior Chang when he has a conversation with himself, good Chang and bad Chang. Yeah. is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Because he wants to get in their group to destroy them. And... Uh, that show is just awesome. Well, we'll end up talking about it a lot next week when the new season starts. I'm yeah, sure. when I get when I finish watching the second one too. Yeah. So real quick, I want to talk about the fact that last night Archer and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia came back. Yeah, it did. Uh, which you don't watch Archer, do you? I don't. Oh, okay, Archer's really good. I it's heard a, it is. Yeah, I when I I watched the first episode when it first came out, um, and I think I turned it off ten minutes in because I was like, this is stupid. Come on, they're talking about like having sex with dogs or whatever. <laughs> like there's some crazy stuff in that show. Uh, but then Ryan, other Ryan, my roommate Ryan, uh, watched it over the summer before the second season started, and he said, "Oh man, it was really good. We got to watch it." And then I fell in love with it. Like hmm. the show was just great. Uh, so you know, you should check it out sometime. And then I'll always sunny. It's <laughs> out of control. It, yeah. I mean, it's gotten it's gotten weirder over time, and it's really hard for me to say that it's still the funniest show on television since it's- Community is so good. But um, they do things. But, man, always sunny is brilliant it is brilliant and those characters are just getting weirder and and funnier um you know i I think that's why that show is so funny and it's just like community where it seems like they kind of don't have a filter and they can do whatever they want yeah you know and they find a way to work it in you know whether it's community and they're doing the paintball episode which everybody loves and it's basically an action movie right where we're always sunny can take something and just make it absolutely ridiculous. Terrible people. The people in Always Sunny are terrible people. Oh, yeah. People. No, there's no one likable in that show. Exactly. But you, for and some reason, you, you love them. all of them. Yeah. yeah. 
I, uh, I especially was, because they're so stupid. Yeah, like, I you say, you know, room. Frank, his hair is getting so out of control, and he just looks he so He looks worse than he did and, in, in Batman Returns. Yeah. Like, he's more scary now. And obviously, it's uh, part of his character. And one of the funniest things in the new one that I thought was kind of a throwaway joke but it's really funny is they were washing their clothes by boiling them him and <laughs> yes. him and charlie oh oh yeah the scene when they're talking about finding denim under the river yeah the whole thing about suddenly they're going and or under the bridge i mean all, suddenly they're going to the bridge and finding stuff and when uh, spoilers for the episode when the whore dies i thought <laughs> they're gonna go dump her under the bridge like that's what's gonna happen they're gonna pull up on the bridge and push her out of the car off the bridge that's the end of the episode uh but no instead they had a funeral basically <laughs> and Ben threw a into the... It's worse. They pushed her into the hallway. Oh, man. Or when uh, Charlie's trying to set up Frank, who's his limo driver, and Charlie's a rich Texan cowboy. Yeah. And he, he eats he gets tons of blood capsules and starts puking up real blood. And that's the thing that, like, sometimes that show will do something like that where it goes so crazy that it's almost like it's, you know, it's... Uh, I I I get taken aback for a second. I'm yeah. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! That was that was too far. But that one didn't even happen for me. That one I was just like, what is going on? You know, it's one of those shows too. You have to watch and kind of continue watching it. Yeah. To fully understand the characters. Yeah. Because they do some things. Why would you like these people? Right. And then and you, you wouldn't. Know. You would not yeah. like these people. And Mac gaining fifty pounds. Which is crazy. Yeah. I, th- I, I I would have sworn that that was makeup, but you're telling me... Yeah, really no, you should that. read the interview with him and his wife and how he wanted... The original story he wanted to do because, uh, for people who don't know, the guy who plays Mac is actually the creator of the show, right. head writer of the show. He wanted him to gain... And married to Caitlin Olsen. Yeah, and who plays D. Uh, he wanted his wife, Caitlin Olsen, who plays D, to gain the weight with him, each gain 50 pounds, and she wouldn't do it because she just got done being pregnant. He says, okay, I'll do it. And he... Just eight tons, and yeah, it's pretty funny. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. That means that when he was injecting himself with insulin, he was... Well, it was probably not a real needle. It was a, <laughs> how does that work? How would they do... Oh, I know how that needle works. Neat. Um, yeah, it was a great episode. But the big thing is, uh, last week, I, when I was out of town with some with my family, we went to Estes Park, mm-hmm. and for the first time, I got to go see the Stanley, the Stanley Hotel up there. I had never been there before. It's a nice hotel. Um, yeah. And I... I only kind of knew the story about how it was involved in The Shining. Um, and I asked the guy at the front desk, and he said, okay. So he laid it all out. He said, okay, so in 1975, uh, Stephen King went there. He stayed in the hotel, and while he was there, it, he, it inspired him to write the story of The Shining, but he didn't write any of it at the Stanley Hotel. Hmm. Uh, and then Stanley Kubrick was going to shoot there, but he wouldn't have been able to get a shot without Safeway in the shots. Because Safeway is down the hill, like you, you, it's a specific shot that you would want to get Safeway in the shot. So it's a sort of crazy idea, but or crazy reason to not have it in the movie. Uh, and then, so they didn't film any of the Kubrick movie there. But then Stephen King didn't like the Kubrick movie for reasons I'll get into. And then in 1992, I believe, made the TV version, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I just watched this week. Yeah. Um, and that part, that movie is shot uh, with Steven Weber and Rebecca De Mornay at the Stanley Hotel. Um, and in fact, they, they changed some of the interiors. It used to be all white inside, and now it's all wood. And they changed it for that movie and left it that way, just because people want to walk in there and be like, oh, we're in The Shining. <laughs> um, so I don't think there's a good version of The Shining, 
is yeah. is what I've gotten out. I think The Shining is one of the most overrated horror movies ever made. Uh yeah, you know, I, okay. Then I think you should watch the well. Uh, there's a part of me that makes me think that you should Where watch. Where can I find the TV version of The Shining? You can buy it uh, at the Stanley Hotel, or you can <laughs> rent it. Uh, or I, huh, I, I torrented it because unfortunately Netflix doesn't have it on streaming, and it's two discs. It's split into two discs. Is it like a so it's, it's like a oh, mini it's a mini series? Yeah. So they so it's four and a half hours long. Oh wow! Yeah, it's three sections, an hour and a half each. Um, but there's the first two sections are on one disc, and the third section is on the second disc. And I'm like, I don't want to wait four days to get or a week really to get the the mm. final check section. So I torrented it. So sue me. Uh, they might. Um, <laughs> it's it's a way better story than is in the Kubrick version. Mm. I watched the Kubrick version now. I don't think scary wise. I don't think it stands up. Uh, I think that movie's really dated. Uh, Jack Nicholson is amazing. I mean, yeah. really amazing. The movie's beautifully shot. The Kubrick version, you know, possibly the 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 axe shot of him swinging the axe at the door might be one of the best shots in the, the history of movies. It's just it's amazing, even though it's simple. Uh, and I like I like the way Kubrick shoots. Um, so the movie is that movie is pretty, but it's not scary, and it doesn't really good, do a good job of the story. Uh, the TV version has plenty of time to stretch out and really make it about a father who was an alcoholic who doesn't want to hurt his kids, and his you sort of see his motivations as he goes crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, like like in the Kubrick version, basically he goes and he breaks the stereo yeah. or the the radio, so yeah. they can't. And there you think like, well, he's crazy. He's going to kill people. He doesn't want them to call for help. Well, no. In in the TV version, he he does it because he's in that room and he starts hearing voices and he starts hearing his father's voice, thinks it's coming from the radio, has this whole dialogue with it, gets mad and breaks the radio. Hmm. Uh, and then doesn't even remember that it happens. Like, it's, it's a movie that's, uh, like, it's written in such a way that there's a lot of sort of intrigue. The characters don't trust each other. It's very much sort of like the thing mm-hmm. where you don't know... Well, I mean, you always know who's lying and who really did everything, but the characters don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's scarier in that way because it's really... It's more about these... Um, I mean, he, he's going crazy, but in a way that you can really see gradually whereas in the Kubrick version like he just goes crazy and starts killing people um and it's more about his alcoholism you know it the Kubrick version pays lip service to it but the the TV version it's really about like he's an abusive father and that's part of why I'm so fascinated by it because I've read Stephen King's memoir where he talks about that movie uh and while he was writing the the book I mean when he was writing the book he says it wasn't until it was over that he realized he was writing a book about himself, that which is not an uncommon thing with writers. Yeah. But you know, at that time, he was pretty heavily an alcoholic, so much so that he admits that there are books he doesn't remember writing. Cujo, he doesn't remember writing at all. Um, just has forgotten it entirely because he was such an alcoholic. Wow. Uh, I think he also did coke for a while, but yeah, I'm not, yeah. Um, I'm reading that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and which is why Maximum Overdrive is so bad because he was a coke addict at the time. Yeah, the only cool thing in it is a Green Goblin. Yeah, is one of the trucks in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, like, I have this fascination with this with The Shining, and I wish there was a good version. Uh, the The TV version is actually scripted by Stephen King, which means it's 
there are some loose bits to it. There are some scenes that don't work quite as well. I really feel like you know it's four and a half hours long. I think you could con- you could condense it down into two and a half hours and make a really brilliant movie. Um, but it's not. I can't even necessarily recommend it. You know, <laughs> like it's it's good, and if you're interested, you should see it. But it's not scary necessarily, though there are some good scenes. There's a whole thing with a topiary, you know, like the the plants, the carved the plants mm-hmm. carved into animals, the worst. It because they, they come alive and then they attack people. Mm. Uh, but it, but it's just a couple of scenes, and it, it just shouldn't be there. They should just be <laughs> cut out entirely. Like it, it has no purpose in the movie. Uh, anyway, so what I'm saying is they should remake The Shining, and no one's gonna agree with me, but. Send uh, the hate mail to realnerds at gmail.com. Send us hate mail. <laughs> I, I pray that you send us hate mail. Um, yeah, because I don't like him, either of them. <laughs> but Stephen Weber does a really good job. You know, he, it's sort of like with uh, you know the Joker in the Batman movies where Jack Nicholson does an amazing job as that, that character in The Shining. Um, and so Stephen Weber, you know, stepping into that role is brave, and he does a really good job. Uh, the kid who plays Danny has way too many lines, and most of them aren't very good. Uh, <laughs> and it's not a very well-directed movie. Um, so, that's what I've been watching. Nice. So, yeah, so you know what movie beat The Shining on opening weekend in 1980? No, what? Or 79? Was it 80 or 79? I think it's 80. Friday the 13th. Really? It did. Wow. Just saying, my taste in horror movies is better than a lot more people. I, honestly, I think if I'd seen that movie when it came out, it would have terrified me. Or if I saw it when, as I, when I was a kid, but I only saw it like a, a year ago. Um, yeah, I don't think it's that. It's alright. There's just some weird stuff that doesn't... In fact, the... Uh, Kubrick if, movie if the, weird stuff? Yeah. <laughs> if the story were told properly, like the scene where she's running up the stairs and she looks in and she sees like the pig dressed up as a bear, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That would make sense. <laughs> because Because what you learn is that there's actually a scene that doesn't happen in the TV version, but there's a scene where there is a guy dressed up as a wolf uh, because they're at this masquerade ball. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I could almost see like I thought that scene was actually going to come. I thought that they were implying certain things about these cert- about these ghosts that we were going to see later mm-hmm. in that scene. Um, but the Kubrick version just like throws that in there. Like, <laughs> there's some crazy shit. Like, <laughs> um, like a lot of Stanley. Kubrick movies. Yeah, I don't like. I don't think I like him. Yeah, he's all right. I, l- I love the way he shoots. I love the sem- the symmetry thing. You know, the one movie of his I've never seen that I probably should see is uh, Doctor Strange Love. I've never seen it either. It was know. it was for sale for nine dollars on Blu-ray, and it's a really cool Blu-ray. It's like a look like a book. So I was thinking about getting it. It's, it's on sale till the end of October, so I have time to think about if I want to go get it. Uh, yeah, for $10, I might even go. Because that's one of the things whenever I'm at Best Buy or Target, and if it's a movie I want, but I don't know if I want it that bad, I always look to see how long it's on sale for because they always have the dates on them. Oh, really? Yeah, if you look on the very bottom right, it'll always say, I don't know, 916 through 923. Oh, wow. Or in the case of uh, Dr. Strangelove, it's the end of October. Wow. Real nerds, giving you tips on saving yep. money. Save money. Well, time to review Drive. But right. before we review Drive... We're going to review Drive. We're going to review Drive first, actually. <laughs> so, James, should people go see Drive? Uh, yeah. End of story. Yeah, you should go see Drive. But I will say, don't expect... I don't even know what you would expect or what you should expect. Just don't expect what you were expecting. (laughs) I will say Drive is one of the best movies I've seen this year. And with that, here goes the trailer. 
If I drive for you, you give me a time and a place. I give you a five-minute window. Anything happens in that five minutes, and I'm yours, no matter what. I don't sit in while you're running it down. I don't carry a gun. I drive. So you just moved to LA? No, I've been here for a while. What do you do? I drive for movies. Is that dangerous? It's only part-time. You put this kid behind the wheel. There's nothing he can't do. Kid, I want you to meet Mr. Bernie Rose. My hands are a little dirty. So am I. My husband is coming home. Where is he? He's in prison. There's some guys that want me to do a job for him, and I'm not going to do it. What is that you got there? One of those men gave you that? What's the job? When you get your money, his debt's paid. You never go near his family again. <gasps> Did you have any idea there'd be a second car? He said there'd be another car to hold us up. Whose money do I have? I'm gonna tell you something. Anybody finds out we're both dead. That's why this driver's gotta go, Bernie. He's gotta go. Any dreams you have or plans for your future, I think you're gonna have to put that on hold. For the rest of your life, you're gonna be looking over your shoulder. Welcome back. Drive stars Ryan Gosling, and you never hear his name throughout the whole movie. Uh, yeah, his character is nameless. His character, I think, is listed as driver, I think, in the credits. It is. Uh, and it's kind of interesting, and you know, I didn't really notice he didn't have a character name in it until Shannon, who's his mentor, who's a yeah. Hollywood stunt driver who now trains him to do that, uh, just kept on calling him Kid. Was it the scene in the... Um, in the garage. Yeah, in the garage. Yeah yeah, 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 Well, all of his scenes are in the garage, but I think we're talking about the same one. When uh, Carrie Mulligan's character came... Yeah, and he, the car. I totally did the same thing. Yeah, I was like, like, I don't know this kid's name. Yeah, and they just kept on calling him Kid. I'm like, huh, maybe he's just called Kid. or, But he's listed as driver when I was watching the credits uh yeah it's i don't from the uh from the director of the push trilogy and um bronson is a guy named uh, nicholas winding revan i believe he's a french guy because the pusher trilogy is french yeah. it's a trilogy of movies about drugs and people killing each other over drugs i've never seen it but everybody's good um brad loves bronson yeah so he he really wanted to see this but brad is in california so he's he's really living with the stars uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, this movie was really cool. I because it had like a 1980s action movie feel to it. Oh yeah. Where, oh man, when those titles came up and they yeah. were in pink cursive, I yeah. was like, "Are we? What are we watching? Was this made in 1982?" Kind of like a Miami Vice vibe. Exactly. Yeah. And it was uh, the colors in it were really soft, and it's got that that synth pop uh, uh, yeah. soundtrack that 
sounds like. And it's actually very sort of lethal weapony. Yeah, um, the good good analogy because I mean Eric Clapton. The opening of the the movie is him telling these people. I guess we should start off by saying that he's he has he's like driver. he has three jobs. Oh yeah, he does. He has a driver where he'll drive for a legal activity where all he does is drive. Yeah, he doesn't carry a gun. It's like the transporter. Exactly. He has five. You have five minutes to rob whatever you're going to rob. Come back in. He'll get you to from point A to point B, and after that, he's done. And so the opening scene was him telling these guys that they rob something. I don't even know. It was like a garage. You or never find out. They run into a warehouse and run back out. With yeah, money. and he drives and he's eluding the cops and how he uh, he wanted a car that'll blend in. So Shannon set him up with a Chevy Impala. The most popular car in California. Which we learned today. I I did did not know that. (laughs) And how he gets away is he goes to the Staples Center where the Lakers are playing, parks his car where everybody else is, gets out of the car, walks away. Yeah. And it's a good, intense, sort of different kind of car chase because there are times when he's getting chased and he gets away and turns around a quarter. It almost makes it feel like getting away from the cops is really easy. Yeah. Uh, Because he... You know, turns corners and hides back here, and then he parks in a place, and then he moves over here, and then there's a helicopter. It's a it's a cool shot. Yeah, and because too, he scene. also uh, kind of a throwaway line he says at the beginning too, is he says there's 160 thousand roads in Los Angeles, and I know them all. Yeah. So he listens and he, and, to the, and the scanner, the, and he kind of yeah. Uh, the the route doesn't matter. Like you, yeah. there there is no you know figure out how you're going to get from one place to the other. It doesn't matter how you mm-hmm. get there. It's just yep. um that's so a great scene. So it was a cool introduction to the character. And it's like a cold open. It's, this yeah. is all before the credits even start. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a cool cold opening because it kind of sucks you into this world where he's... And then you find out that... Well, there's a great uh, tease where the next scene you see him and he's wearing a cop uniform. And yeah. You're, you're like, oh, he's a cop? And, he's and everybody gonna... laughs. But then you find out he's actually a stunt driver for Hollywood movies. Right. Uh and Which is his second job. That's his second job. And then he actually has a third job, too, where he works at the garage with his mentor, Shannon. As and a mechanic. As yeah. a mechanic. And then you find out that Shannon wants to put him in a NASCAR and, yeah, which and is a drive. Weird subplot, it yeah. is a weird subplot, but it's like, what can this guy not do? Yeah. I guess is what uh, they're saying is <laughs> yeah. he's kind of a do-aller the, kind of guy. The, the most interesting, the most noticeable thing about this movie is that it's... It, has almost a silent protagonist which is the kind of thing that like in video games is stale and dull and I hate it and it's offensive here it's super fresh and and creepy at times and makes uh, every scene sort of uh, yeah, because grounded you, you, and real because there's just there's just so much quiet and you never know what he's thinking right you don't know if he's happy and you know, the only time he's happy is when he's hanging out with that little boy. Yeah. And uh, Carrie Mulligan's character. They have great chemistry in that. Oh, movie. they do. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was cool because two most action movie heroes, they always have those clever one-liners to say, and he, he doesn't. He hardly says anything he at all. Says, which mm-hmm. is, it, it also means that the movie never talks down to the audience, never really explains anything. It sort of works assuming that you have seen enough gangster movies, or that you are a gangster, that you know (laughs) how crime works to a certain extent, so that when he gets in trouble, when you see little hints here and there, you know what's going on. Um, It it does, uh, at some point, finally give you one little scene of exposition where they tell you like okay this guy did this and this is why they got in this situation and all that but you if if you don't know that already then you have been lost for the last hour 
yeah. of, of the movie. Or I don't know how long. I don't. I have no idea how long the movie was. It felt maybe like maybe an hour and a half. Maybe. Oh wow, because it feels longer than that. It does. Not because, boring, but just because everything is so quiet. Yeah. Because I mean, um, you were saying this on the way back to recording this. There's so many scenes where people just sit there. Yeah. They don't talk. And and it makes you sort of pay attention. I I was joking that like there's a scene. I mean, it wasn't. There really is a scene where I. No one was saying anything, and I was just paying attention to the way that Carrie Mulligan was breathing. Like, I was getting character stuff out of the way that she... I, I want to think that she was breathing in a way that it was noticeable on purpose so that I would know yeah, exactly. that she was tense and excited by what was going on uh, because nobody was saying anything. You know what scene you know? I thought... Well, I was looking for something more in, but, I mean, nothing really happened, was the scene where he's holding Christina Hendricks's mouth and he's pointing at her. And he doesn't really say very much. No. And it's just... He's, a, yeah, he's, he's just like, don't lie to me. And then he points at her. Yeah. And then she tells him things. And tells him the oh. truth. Oh, he's it's he's, it's an amazing character. I mean, really what it comes down to, it's it's a movie... It's taken, or it's the transporter, but in the hands of, like, a, a craftsman who's going to yeah. really just focus on these characters and, and focus on telling this story in a very concise but, uh, but interesting character-driven way. Oh yeah, um, totally. It's and then because there's really not much sound or music in the movie, there are a few almost music video-y kind of moments where they play almost a whole song. Um, but other than that, there's really no music. So when there's violence, it it gets you. Like all of a oh, sudden, yeah. I mean, the first time that there is a shot fired in the movie uh, outside the pawn shop is frightening. Yeah, you know, like he really scares you, um, and it. It also lends itself to being a very sort of realistic take on that violence because since everything's quiet, since these people don't tell us a lot about themselves, so they just feel like real people. Um, so then when people die, uh, and they do, they they really die. Uh, oh, yeah. They feel like they... That too, and they that scene they set you up because you think that he can get away from anything. Yeah. You know, and then to know that that, uh, uh, that dude gets shot... Thinking that he'd be able to get out. Oh, and what a great twist! Yeah, I mean, this is definitely spoiling, but uh, you know, you when you find out that her husband is coming back, you're like, oh man, you, you think, okay, he's been in jail, he's gonna be this douche, and then the first scene you see him in, he gives this speech that's like, I don't care if he was killing babies before, <laughs> I I believe people can change. Yeah, like, right. You know, <laughs> like okay, cool, I like this guy, and so then it, it adds this whole bizarre dynamic to the movie where you. You don't even necessarily know who you're rooting for. You almost want him to help this guy that you don't want him to help because you want him to end up with her. But I think the people you root for is uh, the mom and the little boy. Yeah. Because, I mean, they're obviously the innocent people in the whole movie. And because you sort of get a sense throughout the movie that uh, the driver is somebody who moved here because he did the stuff he's doing now exactly. somewhere else. Exactly. You know? And that's probably why you never know because his he name. used to do it in Miami. Yeah. And, you know, and it's and he goes to a place where I'm not going to ask him questions. He's just going to work on cars. Right. And yeah, he, there's even quiet moments. You know, um, when he's driving with Carrie Mulligan and her little boy's asleep in the back, and she just grabs his hand. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's kind of cute. You know, it's... Oh, there's so much storytelling done with no talking at all. Yeah, it's... I mean, the, the montage early on when he gets to know this woman next door, th- you know, they don't talk to each other. There's not, like, some nice scene where they're flirting or anything like that. It's, it's basically told through, like, 
you know, he spends this nice afternoon with them, and then their son, his, her son falls asleep, and he carries the son into the house, and, like, right then, and just with the looks on people's faces, you know, like, oh, these are people that sort of love each other, and you don't, you don't even know that she's married until she says her husband is coming back. Yeah, but you... When, he, when she says it, you know he already knew she was married. Yeah, it's, you know, it's too, you think his, the husband be dead, because they have, like, a picture, and she yeah. says, oh, he's in prison. Yeah, and then you think, well, okay, he's... Because she doesn't call him her husband, she calls him her son's dad. Yeah. And so you think, well, okay, yeah, but, you know, even if he gets out sometime, like, they're not married or anything. Exactly. And then he gets out and he's this amazing guy. And you're like, oh, uh, Mm. come on. That's not what I wanted for this guy. Um, It's the kind of twist that you would see in a book where you need a much longer uh, uh, conflict going on. Yeah. the, The interesting thing is that this is a movie where I... Not even a, not even intentionally avoided everything about this movie. I, I, I told you, I think I saw yeah. the trailer when it first came Me too. out. But then I, I haven't seen the trailer. I've recently, when the trailers have been on TV, I have not looked away or whatever. It wasn't until yesterday I even knew Brian Cranston was in the movie. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> the effect that had was that when the when the credits were coming up on the screen, and I was seeing like Albert Brooks and Ron Perlman. I was like, I didn't even know they were crap, in the movie at all. These people are in the movie. Yeah, um, and they're great in the movie oh, as man. the Albert, villains. Every time Albert Brooks shows up in anything. What else is he a villain in? Uh, I don't know. He's pretty good in it. He is. He's really good. Um, not a, his version of the in-laws is not is not good. But other things that he is in, yeah. he's really good. Um, I, yeah, it, it, it's just simply amazing. Um, and I, I don't even know what to compare it to. Like, yeah. it's not like it, anything I've no, ever seen. It it's is. so it's, quiet and understated. And that's why it's cool, too, because it's cool to see movies like that every once in a while where they take time for the story to develop because so many times in action movies, I've said it before, it's cut, 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 yeah. loud, loud, loud. This one, it's just, oh, hey, this is happening. Yeah, and he, he puts the camera in the right place. There's there was, a, there was a shot in the movie that the audience gasps where... Uh, it's in one of the car chases, and you've got uh, uh, Christina Hendricks, who I also didn't know was in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Christina Hendricks sort of in the foreground, and you're looking out the back window of the car, and there's a shot basically where a car crashes, and not even in a spectacular way. Like, the car just sort of crashes in the background, but the whole audience gasps because they didn't think... They didn't expect that shot, yeah. you know? Um, you know what shot I really liked in the movie, too, is when he comes back, and his car's driving, and the camera's, like doing a profile shot but then he looks and he sees those two guys that just beat up the dad mm. and he follows them with a the camera and then the camera comes back as he's turning into the parking spot and it, the camera has oh, a really yeah. interesting movements on it so it was cool and yeah. actually i think my favorite um one of my favorite moments in the movie is when he kisses uh carrie mulligan in yeah. the elevator I was gonna bring because that you know uh what's cool is okay i'll set up this scene this guy sent to get a look at the driver and by the bad guys. So the elevator opens and he's in the elevator and uh, Ryan Gosling's character knows right away. This guy is no good. And so he gets in the elevator and he looks to his right and this dude has, he sees that he's packing heat in his pocket. So all of a sudden he turns to grabs Carrie Mulligan and pushes her to the corner of the elevator. He turns to her and then like the lights dim and he just starts like kissing her. And then the lights come back up. And then he beats the shit out of this guy <laughs> and stomps a hole in his head and walks it dry. Yeah. Like, it, amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a scene that, like, 
first of all, the most intense kiss ever on screen. And I don't mean, like, because it's a passionate kiss. No, I mean because they're kissing, and yeah, it's nice and how romantic, but every moment I'm thinking, this guy is going to shoot you dead. Exactly. Like, because neither of them, they are both expendable at that point. Exactly. Because, you know, people are falling dead left and right, and I'm thinking, you could just kill these people. Like, these, everyone could just die here. Like, that could be it. Um, uh, and so that's all happening while they're kissing, and then it it's an awesome moment, not just because you're you don't expect it, but also because when it's over, you feel like he did it because he thought, well, with what I'm about to do, I have to kiss her now because then she's never gonna want to see me again. Exactly, and I didn't think of at that time too. After he bashed that dude's skull in, you know, she's standing at the ele- out of the elevator, scared, and that door closes, and that's the last time he sees her, mm-hmm. and that's because he knew that she would never like him. Not knowing that at the end of the movie she knocks on his door yeah. looking for him. Yeah. Well, this is a... Yeah. Uh, and we haven't even mentioned the fact that when it gets violent... Like, it's not just suddenly violent and realistically violent. It gets really violent. Oh, yeah. I mean, there there is specifically one character... One, one scene that is so shocking and almost disturbing that you're like... I, I can't well, the audience we were with were like, oh! Yeah. Because it was but quick... They were also laughing at inappropriate times because yeah. they don't understand when they said, silence. Like, they, he calls me a fucking kike. If you, eh. Yeah. Really? That's funny? No. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, part of it is that that audience... I, I, I said to, you, to see her after the movie, I said, who came with us, by the way, which was awesome, and she should come to more movies. Yeah. Also, Sierra. listen to the podcast. Listen to the um, podcast. Uh, I said to her after the po- after the movie, I said, you know, I think, I think Ryan Gosling just attracts the wrong people. Yeah. Because our audience was just full of, like... It was. It felt like they they when there was silence and then someone broke the silence, they would laugh because they thought the silence was awkward. Yeah, the silence I agree. Was I think people were expecting him to be his hunky, and had maybe a fast and furious vibe to it. But yeah, it's a dark I'm gonna have movie. To watch the trailer now because it's. Uh, if they're selling it like it's Fast Five, they're selling it well, probably right because they're going to make money. But well, I saw the trailer a few weeks ago and I'm like, I kind of want to see this movie. And I started reading um, reviews about it and saying how it was a great action movie. IGN gave it five out of five. Yeah, I think uh, I think Slashfilm gave. I don't remember what Slashfilm gave it. Um, so yeah, I mean the it intrigues me. You know, yeah, it's probably a movie that most people won't like. Yeah. So while I said at the beginning, like you should go see this movie, there's a good possibility that the people who go see it are not going to like it. But I don't care. And there's a good possibility. I said it's one of my favorite movies of the year so far. People would say, "Dude, you're fucking crazy." Yeah. This movie's stupid. All they yeah. do is sit there and they don't say anything. There was even a guy who. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should mention the one dude who was sitting behind you. That when anybody would say something remotely witty, witty. I not, guess? Not, no, not even witty. Because what, what's the right word for that? Um. Uh, jokey, jokey. He, when, when any time that there was something that was kind of like a joke, this guy took it upon himself say, "I got to repeat what was just said on screen." Yeah, and not just like if I was talking to you, say, "Hey, you just said this." He made it loud so yeah. the whole theater could hear this douchebag. <laughs> have I ever have I ever told you about the time that uh, uh, we went to see the second Harold and Kumar movie back in mm-hmm. college, uh, and we went opening night, and the, obviously half the theater was high. Obviously. And the guy in the scene when President Bush shows up in that movie, uh, like after that first scene, they they cut away and there was a moment of silence, and the guy behind Ryan and I goes, <laughs> "President." <laughs> it was great. It was one of the best jokes in the movie. So I think I'm going to see the new Harold and Kumar, uh, the first showing, in the oh. morning. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah. nah, I I almost want to say like no, you should see it in the evening when all of the other high people are there. No, because I don't like those people. Ah, uh, they kind of make it better. I would tend to disagree, sir. I feel like you should see a movie with an audience that all appreciates it on the same level, and Harrison Kumar requires an audience full of people who are high. Uh, I have never done drugs, and I've I, I uh, well, and I've. Uh, <laughs> I've watched those movies completely sober, and I still think they're funny, so I don't need people to validate my... Oh, yeah. No, no, no. It's not about validating. It's more... <laughs> uh, I think I've told you this before. Like, I'm a huge fan of Pulp Fiction, but I never laughed at Pulp Fiction as hard as I laughed when I saw it at the Esquire with an audience full of people. Really? Yeah. When you're when you're surrounded by people who, so. who appreciate it and love it and are have, having as much fun as you are, um, it it's contagious in a way. And that was also because... Uh, <laughs> the audience knew the movie so well that then they would giggle a little before a scene happens, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. as soon as, as Christopher Walken comes on screen, everybody laughed a little. And then when he would tell, when he would actually say funny lines, they didn't <laughs> laugh quite as much as when they first saw it. It was more the anticipation. Uh, anyway, Drive. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I want to say, um, Brian Cranston is amazing. Yeah. I mean... Like, I, when I saw he was in the movie, I thought, oh, he's doing his Breaking Bad thing. No. And he was recently on a podcast where he said, like, he purposely, when he left Malcolm, when Malcolm in the Middle was done, he purposely was looking for something that was not that, because he felt like he's done that and he doesn't want to get typecast. And yeah. his character is not no. anywhere near no, any of because, those other characters. No, because, I mean, uh, Malcolm in the Middle, he's so goofy. Right. You know, in this movie, he's straight. And Breaking Bad, he is he's cold and hard, and this movie, he's sort of like a... A semi-pathetic kind of guy, but like, also a fatherly figure to yeah. driver. Yeah, I'm not saying he's not lovable. Yeah, yeah, that's I what I mean. mean but like, yeah, um, well, yeah, you feel bad for him because he never. I, I think too, he was trying to have Ryan Gosling's character live what he could never do. Yeah, you know the stunts, being in a NASCAR driver. Maybe that's why he wanted him to be a NASCAR driver. Oh. Maybe hmm. more hmm. subtext to this movie. Yeah, uh, and it has plenty of room for it. It does because there's a lot of just. N- empty you know what uh, you know what we didn't mention is when uh ryan gosling finds cook and he's in a dressing room full of strippers oh, they don't yeah. do anything to help this guy no they just stand there and watch because no, no. they that scene is great because they must be so used to bad things happening in them they just stand there and oh man yeah. it would have been better if he would have driven that bullet through his head with a hammer oh i was terrified of that the whole time i was like no. i know so was oh, sierra she kept on covering oh, her man. eyes oh my god oh, but then the he made him swallow it which was pretty awesome too yeah that was pretty good too the movie is like at 11 the whole time yeah you know it never lets up no matter what you know whether it's doing the romantic scenes or whatever like it's always intense and almost hyper realistic when it does it um, and he had a, th- a theme song every time. Yeah, that's right. He has the that hero. Yeah, chick when she's talking about humanity and yeah. being a hero. Yeah, but turn that to a human and a hero. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was the song. Right, it sounded exactly like that. It did. You um, should release your. C- yeah, uh, it was great. The movie's great. It is great and, and unexpected. Yeah, you know, just fresh and different. Yeah, it was really awesome. Yeah. That's all I can say about it. And you should go see it. You should support movies like this. Hopefully you went and saw it before we spoiled it. Yeah, so make sure you see it before we spoil the whole movie, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't listen to this podcast and say, oh, I just saw what they talked about on a podcast. Uh, that's, why, that's why we do it differently. Yeah. That's, that's why we tell you to go see movies before. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways. It was better than Creature. Oh, fuck. We didn't oh. talk about that Creature had the second lowest theater average. Oh, Yeah. Uh, $65 <laughs> per screen. Oh, man. 
That was ridiculous. Oh, dude. That I also I also almost wrote a whole article about the fact that um, the one of the things I didn't talk about last week was that that movie has a complete lack of respect for the South. Yeah. Uh, because the South could be, or and, and often is, and it's almost cliche, to make it a really great place for a horror movie, um, a, mostly because of sort of the hypocrisy of you've got these religious people who then sort of are doing bad things, but not quite as blatantly as people in Creature. Mm-hmm. But that movie even starts off with being like, all the churches are closed down around here, and then it's just some backwoods hicks that are yeah. killing people. And you're like, come on. And, it, and mm-hmm. you know, the South does, too. Like the the swamp ha- is a character itself, and if you use it effectively, yeah. it's creepy. Yeah. With yeah, the moss and the trees. and Yeah, but that movie has a monster that never actually lives in the swamp. And doesn't move its mouth. Even though it's mouth. a swamp monster. Um, oh, fuck. Anyways, like us on Facebook, <laughs> Real Nerds Podcast. Make sure you like us. We only have 12 right now. We need to get more than that. And it's all our friends. How do we get people to do it? I don't know. Um, uh, I'm going to start posting it on just random places. You should. Um, like us on Facebook. You can follow us also on Tumblr at realnerds.tumblr.com. You can email us your hate mail for not liking The Shining at... Real nerds at gmail.com. It's a poop movie. It's, it's a, a it's a poop movie. And it's not even worth wiping your ass with poop on it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll get something this week. Who knows? <laughs> um, make sure you purchase some Birdman barbecue at your local Ace if you live in the Denver area. I recently listened to your podcast and you guys have shit jokes about poop. And <laughs> wiping poop on things. And I wish you... I think it was offensive that you're not funnier. So, are we seeing Red State next week? Or what are we seeing next week? Oh, uh, I don't think Red State is wide release next week. Uh, we could just talk about Red State, but I feel like I need to see it again before we actually, like, review that movie. I agree. Uh, I mean... Oh, Moneyball uh, comes out next week. Does it really? Yeah. Oh, well, we're seeing Moneyball. Dude, but I want to see Abduction. But we're not seeing Abduction, we're seeing Moneyball. Oh, fuck. I get, I get to choose. I also really want to go see Contagion at some point. Yeah, me too. Really? Yeah. Oh, why didn't we see that last week? I don't know. <sighs> Fucking creature. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how she does it came out today. It did. Uh, I don't know how that movie got made. Yeah, Moneyball comes out so next yeah, week. So yeah, we'll probably be seeing Moneyball because yeah. it looks awesome. And maybe Machine Gun Preacher. Or Killer and, Elite. <laughs> and Killer Elite. Uh, or Dolphin Tail. We don't know. A Dolphin Tail in 3D? <laughs> Dolphin Tales in 3D. It is. Oh man, Disney! What are you doing? Is it a Disney movie? No, it's not. I just want to yell at Disney for creating dolphins. I think they created dolphins. <laughs> uh, no, it's an Alcon movie. It's a WB movie. That anyway. Anyways, we'll see you next. That, and then the week after that is fifty fifty. Nice. I, I, I'm not letting you choose Dreamhouse. Oh, I'm not going to see Dreamhouse. What's your number? Well, maybe what's your number? Fifty fifty is you know in the running for maybe my favorite movie of the year. So. Maybe you haven't seen it yet, but I know, you, I know, do you but think you're going to love it that much? I really like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's. Me too. And that movie looks good. And so. he looks like he's going to be an action star next year, riding a bike around New York. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about the trailer. It is both good, but also very um, corny. Like when he brushes through the smoke. Yeah. <laughs> well, or like uh, uh, Cookie Cutter. You know, it's very much yeah. like this is a chase movie, but this time he's on a bike, fixed wheel, because he's hip. But we'll Hipster, see. Hipsters love fixing. Uh, I'll still probably see it. You know. Oh, I'll still see it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, next week yeah. is uh, next whatever, week is Moneyball. Money cool. So yeah, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Bye. Bye.